0: mushroom this is some of my best work i'm your host jane rocker fractures is the coincidental moniker of solo artist mark zito a couple of years into his career he broke his neck the demo for it's all right was a handful of songs that he resurrected when he returned to music after such a profound injury All Right has opened the doors for Mark all around the world, from the humble start as a demonstration sound for a family member, to those same sounds being played at festivals across Australia, Europe and the USA. Fractures' latest EP is called Summer, out now where you get your music and check out the episode description. Here's Mark Zito, also known as Fractures, and some of his best work, It's All Right mark thank you for joining us on an episode of some of my best work it's wonderful to have you as one of our guests take us through why you've chosen it's all right
1: uh i suppose more than anything it's probably the song that as far as i can tell reached the most people If you're looking for a purely statistical standpoint, I mean, that obviously takes some of the artistry away, but it seemed to reach the most people, I have to assume, because of the message of it. And so in that sense, it's probably my most impactful song. It's definitely a song I wish I could replicate in the sense that what it conveys and what I was talking about at the time is particularly relevant right now. So yeah, it's just a song that for whatever reason has stood the test of time and has kind of really helped propel me and allowed me to maintain basically a career, a full-time career as a musician.
0: So take us through for those listening, like where you were, what year you wrote it, and how you usually like to write.
1: At the time, I'd released maybe one or two singles, and for those unfamiliar with my backstory, um, I had released a single called Twisted, and it it had done okay. you I got some radio plays and got some streams and whatnot, just in the early days of Spotify as well. So... It kind of SoundCloud was doing all the heavy lifting for me and I was going to play my first gigs and I broke my neck. Mm-hmm. I had a fall at home. And to clarify, the name Fractures came before that. So uh, it's, yeah, one of those weird coincidences. So kind of when I was coming back from that injury and trying to figure out what the next move was, I had these collection of songs or demos that I'd made beforehand. And this was one I'd made... In around 2012, the original file title was Stu, as in my mate Stuart, Mark, and I think from memory, he's, he's a creative himself, and he was coming up with script and plot ideas and things like that, were are relatively vague, so he asked me to maybe make some music for him to either inspire his uh, ideas or just maybe as a reference point, and... So I, yeah, made the very basic core of what the song is. the kind of the drums, the piano chords and the swelling guitar. It kind of sounds like a whale. Yeah. I was living at home at the time with my parents and I have a vague recollection of my cousin being here too, my young cousin. And I was kind of just trying to entertain him. So I was making these sounds and just showing him what I could do on the computer and things like that. And... Didn't necessarily think of it as a fractious song, but it sat there and eventually I revisited it. And it just, yeah, just coincidentally happened to coincide with the direction I felt the music was going in at that stage. And so I followed that. It ended up with my EP eventually.
0: So, reflecting on the time that you wrote this, I mean, I guess, you know, 2012, 2013, it it is almost 10 years ago. What was happening in, in your world then?
1: I'd just gotten back from, you know, the kind of young 20s. Overseas trip that a lot of people do, you know, three months in Europe and America kind of thing with mates and just, you know, doing all the soul searching you do on those things. So I'd kind of come back from that. I'd finished my degree, which was just audio, which was audio engineering, and I'd landed back in Australia with a bit of a surplus of cash because the dollar was good uh, in those glory days. So I wasn't in a rush to. Do anything in particular, and I hadn't. I'd kind of before this trip had made the decision that I think music was going to be my thing. Yeah, came back relatively certain of that fact, and so I kind of just dived in headfirst to music without having a job or any real prospects at that stage. To be honest, the only things really happening outside of that, everyone was mostly still at university or working their their own jobs, so there wasn't much uh there wasn't too many many formative parts of our lives happening at that stage it was kind of brick building and i was you know with my partner sophie who i've been with forever so it was just very much just kind of continuing on and then the neck break happened and that kind of altered the um path a little bit but yeah i was just in trying in earnest to forge a career in music or at least make songs and then go from there because i had no idea how to Uh, navigate the industry at that stage so from then to now a lot of that knowledge that I've gleaned is kind of probably what's changed the most Um, a little bit of probably um, I'm somewhat jaded a little bit more these days uh, just having kind of seen the mechanisms and what's what I find favorable and what I don't about the music industry yeah I'd say that but for the most part it was yeah it it was a pretty cruisy time for me I had very little to complain about
0: and so just coming back to, I guess, as you say, there was a, a I guess, breaking your neck and, and all, the, all the emotions that come with that as well. But then something you mentioned even just before that, which is this song resonated with so many people. Um, and if you could recapture writing that again, what do you sort of take when you reflect on that song coming together? Is it that there really just are no inhibitions? It's just life playing out. And if it happens, it happens.
1: Yeah, I suppose you have to take that from it. I, I'm admittedly lyrics are not my strong point, or at least the conceptualising and thinking of things to write about is something I don't do comfortably. I've up until that point, my life had been pretty lacking in turbulence, which is a good thing from a living standpoint. But I guess if you want to be an artist, you you don't necessarily mind having that stimulus. So uh, I lent heavily on someone else's. Um, problems in in this song so it's it's kind of mixed fortune in that sense
0: do you keep journals or diaries do they come quickly not really
1: uh yeah look probably one of the slower lyric writers in the game i'd say i don't do well unless i've got some really solid stimulus something happening in my life that's i really need to vent about um this one i'm I'm kind of one of the the guys who does uh the mumbling of maladies in and i'll i'll maybe piece the words from that because kind of whatever you mumble in is usually kind of instinctual. So it kind of sounds, the vowels and stuff sound right for the the phrasing and things like that. So I, whatever I mumbled must have sounded like it's all right and, and I took it from there. Um, and then, yeah, this was kind of written for my partner, Soph, because she was just, she was working at a job and she was just, um, she was being, she's putting way too much pressure on herself and kind of fretting over things that... Maybe she needn't have as much and was being a little bit microscopic and making things out to be kind of life-altering when, in fact, they would not. Um, and it was just, yeah, kind of a song. The song was, I suppose, meant to have a soothing lullaby type uh, feel. Um, so, yeah, and reassurance and things like that. So, it, it um, yeah, the idea came from that, basically, just trying to tell someone that, uh, Not everything's as bad as you think um, And yeah, I, I took it from there But yeah, it, it, this one was probably one of the quickest songs Because I had a genuine story in front of me to tell It wasn't kind of some half idea that I had to uh, elaborate on It was it was right there in front of me And I, I was writing for someone who I love So that makes it easier too
0: And did she take your advice? Did she sort of know, hey, things will be alright? <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean maybe in the short term but she's still still the same still the same approach to all the things she does wholehearted pretty much I think two of the songs that I've written exclusively for her have been two of my better performing songs so she's pretty chuffed
0: Video clip's quite powerful too. Can you sort of tie us in into how that came about?
1: Just be a sequence of coincidences. There's a guy, Matt. The, the video clip existed separate to the creation of the song. I had in no way like commissioned him. Um, I hadn't approached him. He had made the video clip, you know, in, in a slightly different form um, as far as editing and stuff. But he he'd been shopping it around. I think he'd he'd made the the treatment with a presets song in mind. And that didn't come to fruition. And then basically he shopped it around, went to everyone. I think he had Sigur Ross on the hook at one stage and that didn't come through. Um, and then for whatever reason, he landed on mine and it worked for him. And he was very generous and not charging me an arm and a leg. Basically I paid for the editing fees and allowed him to steer the creative process. I wasn't gonna influence what he did. And yeah, so he filmed it in um, Ukraine. Yeah, um, kind of during a revolution and then went to Chernobyl itself. and. Filmed it with a local actor, uh, Hugh, I believe his name is, Merchant maybe, and yeah, they just wandered around the sites following whatever narrative they'd comprise, and yeah, it just, I don't know, it brought the song to life, and I was, it's, for better or for worse, kind of set the standard of what I kind of want in a video clip now, so it's um pretty hard task to replicate, but I'm so thankful that it uh, found me, because it, it pushed it out to a whole new audience, and seemed to contextualise it even more.
0: From when you're injured to when you're able to to, tour, how long does that take?
1: Well, the injury process wasn't, I call it a process, whatever, you know, the the healing process wasn't that lengthy. It was three to four months of, um, I was in a halo, an orthotic halo around my head, screwed into my head and all that kind of thing, which meant I couldn't sing and I couldn't really do much. So, the kind of cruel irony was that I'd played a warm-up gig the week before I hurt myself and I was about to play my very first show the week of the injury. So, naturally, that was cancelled and then... My recollections might be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure this song was written by that stage. And this is 2014 or 2013, maybe. I hadn't released the EP. I played my very first show at the Workers' Club in Fitzroy. It was sold out, so that was a great start. And I don't think this song had necessarily landed yet. It was released, but I don't think it had necessarily done any work. It wasn't a single, and it was never considered to be a single. And, you know, despite the fact that it's my strongest performing song, it's initially it was just received as another song on the set list, which, you know, was relatively enthusiastically at the time, but it wasn't necessarily one people were holding out for. And then as it kind of started to do its thing, I think, yeah, you could kind of, I've never been brave enough to let the audience sing the part for me, but I could see people mouthing the words and things like that. And yeah, one day I'd like to, you know, hold the mic to the audience and hopefully they can <laughs> sing along or I'll just look like an idiot. But um, either way, it'll be a memorable moment in a show. Yes. In the early days, it was, yeah, it received positively, but without much fanfare. And then as it spread, I think, yeah, people kind of were waiting for it. And so I'd start pushing it to the back of the set kind of thing, you know, to make him not leave the room. And um, that worked a, ch- a charm. So... Yeah, it was um it was positive from the outset but it only got better as it went along. So, I first got to do some festivals around here and play Splendor. I was the first act on of the whole festival and so my expectations were low, but I had a pretty full tent there so that was wonderful and then I went to some other local festivals which, you know, there was a similar response kind of got to go overseas and play at CMJ, which is kind of the South by Southwest equivalent in New York, which as far as I know, ceased to exist, but I think it might be coming back. And then from there, we played in Los Angeles to a few people and then jetted across to London and played my, I think my, it's to date, my only international uh, headline show and that sold out, which is fantastic. And then played Amsterdam and Paris as part of this whole little tour. And yeah, it was really positively received and kind of surprisingly uh, attended from my part. I'm, I don't go into these things with a great deal of confidence or... Necessarily, but it it certainly kind of helped my self-esteem to know that the song had kind of reached outside of my friends and family and outside of Australia's boundaries. So, yeah, it it led me to that and to getting to know people in the industry and and all these sorts of things that kind of, I suppose, until before I'd released anything, I knew nothing about and had no expectations of. So it opened up a whole new world to me and, yeah, basically laid the foundation for where I am currently.
0: How did you sort of find being on stage and interacting with people? I mean, just those early memories of, of having that experience, and did you find that you were quite natural to be in that space yourself?
1: Um, I probably thought it would take a little bit more work than it did for me to literally perform well on stage, like outside of the interstitial kind of chat with the crowd um, and all that kind of thing, and being comfortable on stage, which. Still isn't the strong point, but the, the performing part, I thought, oh, I'm going to, have to put some work into this for singing and stuff. But uh, yeah, I felt quite comfortable. Certainly, yeah, like I said, kind of being a, a performer and an entertainer is not the natural mindset. I'm not like I'm pretty happy with a guitar in my hands. When the few times I've had to waltz around a stage you know, with just a microphone um, have been pretty fear inducing because I just don't know what to do with my hands or my legs or anything. So It's still a work in progress, and it's yeah, it's it's a muscle memory thing that obviously has been totally stunted for the time being. But I remember being kind of with any release, you get not tired of the songs, but you kind of there's an exhaustion with hearing the same songs over and over when you're perfecting them. And so by the time things were released, I was kind of done with them. But then you played them live, and it kind of just it gives you a new perspective on the song, and just. Uh, yeah, kind of re-energizes your approach to them. So definitely from that point of view, it was um, really rewarding. And yeah, I'd never been the front man. I'd always been in bands as a bass player or a, you know, a backup musician, which I enjoyed, but I'd never been the guy in the spotlight. So it was a, an adjustment for sure.
0: Tell us how the name Fractures did come about.
1: I wish I had a good story for it. I think it was just, it was just a word and I thought, okay, that's kind of... Dark and mysterious, um, which is where I thought I would be for my entire career, um, making music that kind of fit the name. And I don't think I kind of have, but um, it was just a name, it was just a word I liked. And I didn't, my, my name's Mark Zito, um, which is, you know, a perfectly fine name, but I just didn't think it really would have held up uh, for, for some reason when pairing it with the artist. And also, I don't mind the, the idea of separating myself a little bit from the art and not. Putting too much of myself on show, so it was a bit of that kind of choice. But I remember, yeah, auditioning the name to people, and they kind of all said, "No, don't really like it." And so that was that was all I needed to hear. I thought, "Yep, that's the name for me." So yeah, no, no, not much depth to it, but I'm stuck with it now. So
0: check out Fractures wherever you get your music. Don't forget, you can get early and ad-free episodes by becoming a subscriber to Mushroom Studios on Apple Podcasts. I'm Jane Rocker. Thanks for listening.